The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org.
Sophie's rolling in. I think we can get started with um, our roll call. So start with myself, Allison Buck, present, um, Ann Arbor, Michigan. And we've got, I'm just going to go in the order I see names in the panelists. So John Katarski. Uh, present in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, Peggy Leonard. Present from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Marionetta Porter. Present in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, oh, geez, they're moving around. Sophie Grier. Present in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, Mary Thiefels. Present in Ann Arbor. Jamal Buffer. Present in Superior Township, Michigan. And Sarah Fuller. Present in Ann Arbor. Did I miss anybody? I'm sorry, they're moving all around. Well, I don't know if you need me. Um, no, nope, we're just calling um, the okay, people on okay. the commission right now. Thank you, Jeff. Okay, so that's roll call. Approval of agenda is next. Um, do I have a motion to approve the agenda? Thank I'll you, move. John. A <clears throat> uh, second. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, all in favor? Aye. Anyone opposed? Any discussion of tonight's agenda? All right. Um, with that, the agenda passes. First thing on our agenda is our public comment and our presentation. Um, we've got a lovely presentation scheduled first up with Jeff Crockett from the Community Garden at the Center of City, the Commons. Jeff, if you want to take it away. Oh, yeah. Could you uh, bring up the presentation? I think yeah. I sent the presentation in advance. I can, uh, I think if the screen is shared, I can bring it up for my end too. But uh, can someone bring it up or would you prefer? I can. Hold on one second here. Okay. Just a little bit about ourselves. First, I'm very excited to uh, hear tonight. My wife and I uh, lived in Ann Arbor since the early 1970s, and we are both very passionate about art. But we look at art as being sort of multidimensional in many, many different forms. In fact, we have viewed our house as sort of a work of art. We live in a, a, a a Queen Anne style Victorian. And when we back in 1980, when we bought it, we consulted with Robert Schweitzer, who is a, a specialist in historic colors uh, from Ypsilanti. And so we spent a whole week thinking about our colors. And he advised us to put four by each foot sheets of plywood in the front. And we had like about seven or eight different color combinations. And one of the things that struck us about that was that color changes during the day. And so it took us a week to look at all these different color combinations to figure out what we want. But stop by and take a look. We live at 506 East Kingsley. We're, we're pleased to have you as a guest to take a look. Um, uh, then the other thing was uh, that, uh, well, Chris and I are both teachers. We're teacher retirees. And Chris was a librarian at community high school for 37 years and retired in 2008. And I was a special ed teacher in both Plymouth, Canton, and Northville. Uh, last 30 years, my specialty was assistive technology, helping students with disabilities overcome their disabilities with technology. Uh, but we also had a side business in 
uh, <coughs> antique laces and linens, which was sort of a way to express ourselves artistically in a way in what we purchased. And so our house is filled with all these beautiful textiles and different colors and everything. And we're passionate about Italian laces and the designs and many of which uh, you just can't find anymore. So uh, art is sort of in our blood. And after we retired, uh, we were sort of looking for something to do to give back to Ann Arbor. And we felt that one way to express our artistic sentiments was in nature, was in a garden, was to build a beautiful garden with wonderful flowers. And we discovered that the library lot, the, the DDA had 14 garden plots surrounding the library lot that were basically not taken care of at all. So we assembled a group of about 15 people. We called ourselves the Green Team. And uh, this presentation uh, won't take long. I'll quickly go through it. Uh, but basically, we'll describe the, the project that we've done and our plans for the future, which are going to include murals uh, on this space. So if you could please uh, go to the next um, uh, slide. Okay, so uh, this is the timeline of the community garden. It, it started really uh, in 2010 with uh, an a community commons organized com organizing committee. This was as a result of a proposition that was passed in 2018 to develop the library lot into uh, an urban park and plaza. And this is sort of the timeline. I'm not going to go through all the dates, uh, but Basically, the important thing is in 2021, this is when we started planning uh, two different gardens. Um, and the goal was to focus on native plants to attract pollinators. And uh, the first year was very successful, but you know, it was really all about building community and, and getting meeting new friends and in the process of that creating a beautiful garden. And then, so that was in 2021. 2022, we added two plots uh, of land for a total of four community gardens um, and added a lot more plants. And we took tours with volunteers and the gardens turned out to be spectacular. If you could proceed through the next slide. Uh, and it's about people. So we had uh, basically Project Grow and wild ones involved in helping to create these gardens and sustain them. Uh, and Joet Rioma is on the right, on the slide on the left, who is from Project Grow, and he was basically our advisor. Uh, and uh, Marta Minaldi is in the center from uh, Wild Ones. So uh, we've learned just an awful lot from both of these community uh, groups. If you could move on to the next slide, please. Okay, and this is, uh, it, it really was sort of a year-long thing. We started off in the, in the beginning, um, and before the plants were planted, we had to clear away everything with mulch, and uh, um, we were all just super pleased to be involved. Next slide, please. Irrigation was a real challenge on that space because uh, uh, Basically, we needed to hook up a series of hoses, and we got help from Jerusalem Garden to do that, but it was not an easy task. But as you will soon see, 
the uh, whole endeavor was very successful. If you could move on to the next slide, please. Um, we've also involved in activating uh, the center of the city with a number of uh, different events. One event last year was Earth Day on April the 19th. That Earth Day is going to occur again this year on April the 22nd. And we hope all of you come and listen to the different presentations. And Mary Tiefel is going to be there. So uh, we're very pleased for that. Next slide, please. Uh, and this is how basically the gardens sort of evolved um, through August of 2022. And the team members are indicated uh, below. Uh, Rita Mitchell, I don't know if you know her, but she's absolutely amazing. And she was sort of the inspiration between, behind our uh, initiative toward native plants. Uh, next slide, please. Um, and we partnered with the DDA on this. Uh, but the DDA had some money problems in sort of maintaining the plants. And so we offered to help them. Um, and they did come through and finally weed the plants. But you can see that these are not native plants, though. So we're hoping that uh, the vision is to take these four plant uh, plots and expand them to get different community volunteers engaged. So imagine like in Plymouth, I don't know if you've seen Kellogg, Kellogg Park, that they have a whole number of different sponsors and sort of an adopt a plot kind of thing where you have community groups and businesses adopt a different plot and it's about community engagement. And we're hoping to expand the engagement part to all 14 plots. We think it will be amazing. And Everyone who's engaged can have their sign. So it'll promote local businesses and organizations. Uh, please continue. And this is sort of the result of uh, a lot of the different uh, plants re, uh, that uh, grew. And the as you can see, just a wide variety of colors. And uh, to us, the result was spectacular. Now, the beautiful thing about native plants is they're very hardy. And so while it took an enormous amount of time, uh, the first uh, couple years, each year gets less and less. And so that's the beauty of this. I, I will say that over the first two years, we, we logged our volunteer hours and we spent over 800 volunteer hours in the planning and putting all this together. Uh, but we loved it. Uh, next slide, please. And here are some, uh, this is a different area. These are more of um, a replacement for turf grass. These are different examples. And what we're hoping to do here is to sort of create an edu educational experience. Because as we're planting all these plants, people would come up to us and say, this is really interesting. What are these plants? And so we were able to tell them. So it's sort of a, an opportunity for people to come and sort of learn and then replace turf graph with, with, with their own different uh, native species. So we're very excited about using this as an educational experience for people. Next slide, please. Um, and this is a list of, uh, we have like four different uh, uh, areas here. Uh, this is area N2. What we're hoping to do, though, is to place signage uh, that sort of describes the overall vision 
and uh, identify some of the plans so people people will be able to to learn from that. Uh, next slide, please. And um, I won't spend much time. This is just another example of some of the mature plants that are here. New England Aster and Black-Eyed Susan. Next, next slide, please. And more photos of these different areas. As you can tell, this is later on in the summer. So the flowers are going like crazy. And so we're very pleased. And the strength of all this are our donors. So just imagine all this was done with zero city dollars. Everything was donated. Uh, not just the time though, and the individuals. Notice all the different individuals that were involved, plus a foundation, plus uh, five local nurseries. Uh, and this is only gonna continue. So it uh, was very heartwarming to see all these different people getting involved in, and for everybody here, it was basically about giving it, giving back to Ann Arbor. Next slide, please. So um, that's what's been done up to this point, but we're looking ahead for 2023. Uh, next slide, please. Uh, and so we're saying, uh, we're proposing signage, but we're also saying we're looking for volunteers to sort of expand this. Uh, so if you're interested, by all means, uh, let me know and we'll try to fit you in. The uh, uh, Basically, the work begins in May, and uh, uh, but we're going to be looking toward expanding and looking for different community groups to get involved. Uh, next slide, please. And here's where it gets down to the real reason why I'm presenting tonight. Uh, we think that this uh, area, and we're talking about a variety of different walls and spaces would be perfect for murals. You can see, this is what Mary Tiefels from Treetown Murals did at Rolling Hills Park. This is an example on the left though, of a wall next to our one of our gardens, which we think would be absolutely perfect for a mural. And so as a result, we started to reach out and we are pleased that we have found $10,000, $10,400, in donations. And Larry Nissan, who you all know, um, uh, is a uh, finances a lot of the art downtown. We think he's fantastic. Um, and he uh, has uh, donated $5,000. And Caitlin Olmsted Phillips has also donated uh, $5,000. So the total budget is right now about $10,400. I'm kicking in the other $4,000. And uh, this is, I want to show you what uh, Mary has designed. It will take your breath away. Next slide, please. So as you can see, there's basically the wall in the back here is one place where we're going to have a mural. The other place is the knee wall in front. And notice that there are these little balloons on top. These are sort of details of what the pictures on the wall is supposed to be. We think that this will be absolutely spectacular and it will be uh, basically uh, easily viewed from fifth. So imagine people are coming down fifth and they're taking a look and they're saying, whoa, what is this? I'm gonna pull over and park and sort of take a look and see what's going on here. And so it will promote the gardens. It will basically promote the use 
of this space. We're hoping, as you can see here, that the next phase on this is to activate the, uh, the library lot with short-term activation. So imagine that we've got about four to six tables with um, umbrellas and maybe even solar lighting here with a, a little charging station here. So imagine now this becomes a place to sit down and relax and then view Mary's beautiful work along with the beautiful gardens. It will be, we think, a magnet. The other thing we think that's really good is there's really sort of a lack of downtown seating space. If you, if you go down on Friday and Saturday night on Main Street, which we do a lot, uh, people don't have any place to sit. This provides a perfect place for people to go and sit while they're waiting for dinner. So we think the timing is right. And wow, Mary, you're just amazing. Uh, so we're so appreciative of your involvement in this. And we think it's a game changer for activating the library lot. If you could move on to the next uh, slide, please. Um, and then, as I said, we're also advocating for expanding the volunteer gardens. This is an example of one of the plots in, in Plymouth. Notice the sign there. Uh, so we think there's a great uh, promise for that. Um, continue, please. Um, and we're going to be reaching out to other gardening associations to get them involved in uh, in the gardens. Uh, so it, we, we think that it'll be a great opportunity. And there are numerous gardening organizations here. We think it'll be a great opportunity uh, to promote them. Next slide, please. Um, and we're going to promote eco-friendly events on the commons. Uh, imagine an eco-fair where you get different landscapers coming in along with different nurseries presenting their products and their services all in one spot. There's nothing quite like that right now. And we think it would be a great opportunity to do that. And then people will come and, and see the art um, and, and the gardens. Next slide, please. And this is the group of people. Um, you know, uh, notice uh, the, these are our steady, steady group who've been involved uh, all along, the, the young man to the right, Robert Greasy, was basically a director of the Mathai Botanical Gardens, and he is one of the uh, directors of Wild Ones. And there's Joette Rioma from Project Grow later on, and a number of different people from uh, around town who've been around for a long time and simply want to give back. Okay, that's it. Uh, next slide, please. And this is sort of my guiding principle. I, I have this. Uh, on a sign in front of my computer, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens to change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. And I sort of look at uh, this group as part of that thoughtful group that wants to expand art all around town. And I'm uh, so in favor of it. I'm hoping that we can get your endorsement for this because um, we see it as a way not just to um, promote art in that one location, but all of, there are a number of different walls around uh, the, uh, the library lot that we think would be fantastic. That's it. I'm just so pumped up about this project, and I'm so pleased that you've given us the time, given me the time to 
present this and to get you know you get to know you a little better. I don't know if you have any questions, but I would be happy to entertain those. Thanks, Jeff. That was lovely. Sarah, you had your hand up. Yes, I wanted to ask about the volunteering opportunities in May. Um, if you're looking for businesses or organizations um, that could kind of come as a group to help, or it, are you looking more for individuals, or what do you kind of envision for that volunteering program? The priority probably would be with groups. Um, we have about 15 people, so we're looking for maybe a group to sort of take over an additional plot. Now, we've also, the other thing, by the way, is I've been, um, uh, consult with Derek Delacorte, the assistant city administrator, and he's sort of, he's given us approval. We do need to get approval from the city to sort of do this. He is uh, went to Milton Dahoney, and he has said, good, what they're doing is having their lawyer uh, basically submit uh, a memorandum of understanding. It's the Library Dean Conservancy that's a fiscal agent for receiving the donations and the money and who will be paying out. Um, uh, so we're going to be getting that memorandum of understanding soon. But Derek said he is just all in favor of downtown art. So just if you don't know him, he's, he's an ally for you. So I would basically go to him if you have any doubts about this. Uh, so he was very enthusiastic and I was very pleased. Um, so um, I would suggest, Sarah, if you have questions, Email me later, jeffcrockett8 at gmail.com. I'd be happy to follow up. Mary, you have your hand up. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate your presentation. Looking forward to the collaboration. Um, I just want to point out that, you know, since we are working with other local artists on this project, um, the design credit actually goes to Lavinia Hanacuke, so I wanted to just make that correction. Um, and she and I are partnering on the final design right now, and we will make sure that gets out to um, and live as soon as possible. Any other questions or comments? Recording in progress. Well, I would encourage you all, if you want to tour later on, the the high, high, high point of the season is probably in July. So just let me know. I can give you a tour. I'd be thrilled to do that. But I, I, once again, I appreciate your time. And uh, you guys all take care. Thanks, Jeff. It looks like a really exciting project. I can't Great. wait to see it come to yeah. fruition. Exciting. Thank you very much. Thanks. Although not on the agenda, um, I hear we have another public comment from Nan. Is it Plummer? That's right. Go ahead, Nan. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Allison. And thanks, everyone, for, for having me. I'm with the Treeline Conservancy. I'm the executive director, the first one and the only employee. Well, the only full-time employee. I have a, an indispensable part-time colleague. Um, and I'm here tonight really just to introduce you to the trail if you don't know about it and to learn from you how I need to proceed for a hoped for art project 
at a particular segment of the trail along 415 West Washington. And I don't have a beautiful presentation like Jeff's, but I'd be delighted to come back with the, with the whole darn thing and, and show it to you um, uh, next month or, or whenever, whenever is best. Um, so I'm actually an arts person who's lucky to be working on this very interesting trail project, which will connect Ann Arbor from the river to the stadium area uh, through 200 years of urban density along the line of the buried Allen Creek. And this, like, this, like the uh, center of the city project is a citizen led one. Uh, we're a nonprofit since 2007. We're part of the city's master plan, uh, which gives us some gravitas and uh, work under a collaborative agreement with city council. So uh, it's challenging, it's wonderful, but this will be a, a multimodal uh, walk, bike, uh, trail for all ages and all abilities that will connect uh, the New Riverfront development, the Arc of Cascades, the border to border trail uh, with a, a continuous path, occasionally elevated uh, through the heart of Ann Arbor. From the beginning, art was designed to be part of the, the trail. Um, it can't be a city park, although it will be the city's asset. We're committed to uh, raising the money to fund it in perpetuity to pay for its maintenance. But um, the idea of this as a linear park, especially as it goes through some blighted city-owned pieces of land that are urgently in Def, definitely desperately uh, in need of redemption uh, has given rise over the decades now to some really wonderful ideas for green space and artful space. So the, the site that I'm here to ask about tonight is 415 West Washington. And I'm sure you've heard a little bit about it. And I'm gonna rewind with my arts uh, resume just a tiny bit. I uh, trained at the University of Michigan. That's how I came to Ann Arbor and uh, worked in art museums for most of, of my career in Little Rock, Arkansas after the art train, which was my first one. And um, the University of Michigan Museum of Art in Toledo. Uh, I led the Arkansas Art Center and um, followed that on with uh, managing, uh, directing LexArts, which is the United Arts Fund and um, Arts Council, local Arts Council for the Lexington Fayette County government. So that too was a collaboration with the city and uh, LexArts was and is in, in charge of city connected public art projects all over uh, Fayette County. And we also worked, uh, LexArts also works with uh, other entities, private individuals, but for example, the Lexington Health Department wanted a mural and the city will give over uh, walls and other wonderful spaces for, for murals. Public sculpture has been part of that uh, effort as well. So that's, that's uh, so I come to this particular project with, with a lot of uh, enthusiasm and um, some real appreciation for your work. I also sat on the Arts Commission in, in Little Rock. In, in an unfunded, um, minimally staffed body. So I know your, your challenges maybe a little bit. Um, I'm grateful for your work. And it's, your work has been visible and it's very exciting to come back 
to Ann Arbor and see it much more artful than it was when I, I lived here the first time. Um, so 415 West Washington, some of you know, is the lot across from the Y. It's a DDA funded or operated parking lot uh, on a site that contains derelict uh, semi-industrial buildings, a very precious chimney, which is home to chimney swifts, um, a brownfield, a pre-entitlement plan for public housing, and a test trail for the tree line, which, which is supposed to go through this site at, when, we, when we actually begin to build the trail. And uh, we, we've been operating a test trail there, which is just a 15 foot uh, lane marked off from the parking lot along the railroad track that also passes through the site. Um, and we've been working on the, the railroad embankment to uh, eradicate some extraordinarily healthy invasive trees and plants and reintroduce uh, native plants, uh, especially pollinating ones. And we're learning how to remediate soil. Um, again, this is a stretch for us, uh, but we're fortunate to have a, a person with a horticulture degree on, on the board. And uh, my coworker is, uh, has a landscape architecture degree. Uh, we have an urban planner in our, in our orbit. So we've been very fortunate to have some, some advice and some great good fun on this site. It's hard to know that you actually may go into this site and walk through it. And so uh, we have been hoping to activate the pedestrian entrances onto this 15 foot wide strip up against the railroad, across from the Y, and then also on Liberty Street, right across the street from the um, Taubman School building with some kind of temporary um, work of sculpture that still allows visibility into and out of a kind of creepy space. It's a parking lot, people come and go, and uh, it, needs to, it needs to have good visibility in and out. We've put signage up and uh, explaining the chimney swifts and the pollinator plants and the tree line and those kinds of things. But it's still, we would still like to activate this space on the entrances for people who walk dogs and cut through there and the people who park there uh, to, to make it more pleasant and to, to start to experiment with this kind of work that we know we'll need in other, in other parts of, of the trail. So um, that all seems fairly simple and straightforward. The DDA has been a terrific collaborator and we've mostly worked with them. However, um, if you read M Live, you'll know that in recent days the uh, the topic has heated up about about this site because of the the brownfield contamination and um, uh, republicized concerns about about its spread. The planning commission um, made a zoning change that allows the development of the space for uh, for housing that will include uh, some affordable units. And so the public, uh, the Housing Commission is involved. Our good friend, Derek Delacorte is now uh, paying closer attention to this site. The DDA is not sure how to help us go forward with um, 
with getting permission to activate these entrances and maybe paint a mural. Yes, there's an absolutely perfect wall in there on the derelict buildings. So I'm here just to introduce this prospect of a project and get your input and advice about your, um, your jurisdictions, your, your recommendations for, for process for us. Well, thank you, Nan. Um, and thank you for all your kind words and support and understanding from your background. It's really great to hear. Um, we have an opening on the commission, by the way, just wanted to drop that out there. <laughs> <Thank you>. um, <laughs> I am, I'm very familiar with this trail. Um, my kids went to daycare at the Y and they oh. still, we still go to the Y all the time Yes. Um, and live over on fourth. So we use that path uh, quite a bit. Oh, good. Um, thank you. Yeah. And so you'll know <laughs> it could use a little help. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right now it's kind of like a gravel path, but it's, I think you guys have done a good job as far as putting up signage and um, information for folks to learn more with QR codes, et cetera, to kind of get a feel for the space. Um, I have a question though, in general, just if that space is developed, does that help you guys to help get that space converted into your path or does the development compete with your ability? The development does not compete. Um, we are just like the chimney swifts, a condition imposed upon the eventual development. Okay. This is the tree line path. This is in the master plan. All the work that Smith Group has done uh, includes us. And it'll be up to the developer, and I'm sure this will be a collaboration, um, about how exactly the path goes through there. And it probably won't just be a straight gravel thing demarcated by parking bumpers, which is a quick and cheap yeah. solution to, to making that safe and also demarcated. It will be beautiful, permeable, landscaped, um, something that is for the folks who live there, not only a way through the space, not only a way other people come through, but also a kind of park space. So yeah, I think it'll be an enhancement to that that site and a great way for the tree line to serve the community. Yeah, and I'm excited to hear that art is just incorporated into all your plans. Um, and I think as a group, when we talk about art, we've talked about all the different ways that art and design can be part of a project, um, you know, whether it be through lights, through murals, through sculptures, you know, lots of different cool ideas. Mm -hmm. I, we've also talked a lot about um, the performing arts and how they can bring attention to different spaces and and bring light and uh, activity to different spaces. So mm -hmm. I'd encourage you to include that in your thoughts and ideas as far as ways to activate that space, bring attention to that space as you're doing like your trial mm -hmm. activities. Yeah. Um, in general, we have a document that talks about like the full process of putting out a call for art and all of that. Um, I would say the gist of it is we, we encourage you to involve the public as much as possible in that process of the selection of the art, just so that they are um, a part of it and can appreciate it when you get the end result, as opposed to walking onto a piece of art at the end process, so, right. so they can be a part of the process. Yeah. Um, that's the one thing we've found in, in the years that we've been doing this that has really helped be a mm -hmm. project be loved. That being said, you know, public art, some pieces people love and some people hate. So that's just a give me. That's art for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is a subject upon which people can, will, and probably should occasionally disagree. 
hey, you know, conversation right. is conversation. Right. right. Um, so I'm, I'm all for this. I'm excited for this. And, you know, just let us know how we can support and um, provide guidance where needed. Um, Super. But in our two cents with the city to help get things cleared out or whatever you may need. Great. And I see Sophie has her hand up. I'm sure hey, she Sophie has, has her hand up. Hi, Sophie. We have hey, Matt. Yeah, I'm so glad that things are moving along on this because it's been... What is it, experimental or something? It says, I forget the name that it's... Test trail. That it describes itself as like temporary or experimental or trial or something. Yes. Um, trial trail or something, yeah. So I was, I'm glad it's it's happening and, and it's a great thing to have that walk through there. Uh, I was just thinking in terms of entrances and making it feel welcome, some kind of fun archway that says, hey, you know, come in this way is probably one of the one of the possibilities. But also once you get in, to feel drawn along the path, you could have something like, you know, big painted rocks or something, and you could get different artists to paint them. If you just bring them a rock and see who would like to, to apply to paint one, then people would feel like they're kind of almost way stations and that they're, they're led along, and it might help stop cars going in the wrong place as well. It, it might. Yeah, another that's that's a great idea. Um, another of the challenges with this space is that it's it's an active floodplain. And so there are state prohibitions about sort of putting certain kinds of impediments there. And in fact, it's absolutely fascinating. If you go there on a rainy day, you will see nature trying her hardest to recreate Allen Creek. Oh, you could, you could watch the, the rivulets open up over a matter of, of minutes. And in fact, at the low point of, of this lot is a, is a service hole cover. Uh, one of the famous ones that will occasionally explode up from the earth when the water pressure gets too high. Um, so, but here's the thing. I trust artists to solve these kinds of problems beautifully. I am not an artist but I trust them. <laughs> I trust you. And that there, there is a person or a team out there that, that I think can, can do some really fascinating things uh, with this site. And because, because we're, we're piece mealing this together, we, uh, you know, we need to start small here and it all needs to be removable, probably because if nothing else, the construction equipment that comes in there to build that building is going to tear up our part of the trail for a while. But, and we don't know when that will be um, before the, the, the sort of sensational headline hit MLive uh, 10 days ago or so. The timeline was maybe there would be something going on on the site at the end of this calendar year, more likely going on in 2024. But I think, I think the heat is on. And so the timetable may be, uh, may be ratcheted up. What other what other questions or ideas do you have? Well, my my question would be: um, Do you really want to get into a fight with Allen Creek, and can't Allen Creek be allowed to express itself in some way safely? Oh, you know that has been a, a subject of discussion for a very very long time, and it's above my pay grade. Um, and it's again, it's it's man, a lot of this is controlled by by state law and even by FEMA. Um, Allen Creek was undergrounded in 1926, and um, someone was explaining to me just today that um, 
it's either a muddy a muddy smelly trickle or a raging torrent and in any direct and rarely something beautiful in between and it's unsafe for people in the middle of town in whatever state it's in and that's that's sort of the the prevailing diagnosis now in lexington where the where the city put in a um something they call the town branch trail they did daylight the creek in certain places that had been had been undergrounded um it's not likely just because of the flood flood restrictions here but it has been done so in other places so it it might be possible and eventually i would it, um would really love uh your your guidance your consultation with uh how to begin an art plan for the entire trail because i think what's important is um and we've all seen this there's a thing there's a trail there's a building there's a lawn and the idea for public art is you plunk something down and there you are. I think this has potential to be kind of as you were describing, Allison, something much more integrated. And um, that, in my opinion, the more artful it is from the beginning in its bones, um, the more cherished it will be, the more Ann Arbor it will be. And 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 while I haven't figured out exactly how to, to do this uh, to do the process for these temporary installations. Again, I can't invest too much into them at this point. Um, in my experience, it, involving the community in the selection process is uh, whether you do an open call or you have a, 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 a limited call and you let people interact with the artists and uh, maybe even help with the installation. It just you know, part in an engagement process. It's um, that's so much more rewarding, short term and long term for everybody. So that would be my hope. I also think when when you start in the design process with the public art, you have so many more opportunities for being creative. You know, like a lot of the times you've already selected the benches, you've already selected the lights, you've already selected a lot of the hardware per se, yeah. and then the artist is just slapping something on a wall or putting a sculpture next to it. When really the creative process could have happened way, way earlier and you have so much more options of ways you can be cool and creative when you invest at that point. Yes, so, yes. Yeah, it's great yes. to hear you talking about that. We did have a presentation um, a couple meetings ago from, um, city parks where there's a couple different projects they're looking at doing that are along trails um, and archways and things and they had a really cool presentation I don't know if Vanita if you could share that um, with Nan but it, it, at least they like did a, they had a little research done and they had put together some different ideas of things that they liked mm -hmm. um, yeah so it was just kind of cool it might be something to yeah look at for you yeah is that yeah, you give 365 Allison or was that somebody else there was two people who came to our meeting and they had that one presentation with all the nature like sculptures oh yeah that one yeah yeah, yeah. Master plan, was it not or... what's okay was it the b2b master plan in Barton nature area I'm not sure if it was the whole master plan it, it felt more specific to the one project they were talking about that they came but I could be wrong 
I know who you're talking about. I, I do remember now. I, I get get the name. Yes. It was around the Barton Nature area specifically. Yeah. Yep, that's right, Sophie. Around the Barton Nature area. With communicating with them because they they've done a very thorough job of preparing the, the whole process. So, yes. So yeah. how about the how about the funding for this, Nan? Are I you're mentioning parks already. So are you in that bubble already with some of the parks? No. We are, okay. we are, well, we've had fabulous help from parks for which I am amazingly grateful. Um, okay. We, we are not, we will not be a park. We will not be under parks. We're, we're not going to be part of the park system. Parks has all it can say grace over. And we, we, we've known from the beginning, we won't be adding to that. It will be a city asset, but the way things are framed now, it emphatically will not be a park. And what's okay. the funding? Where where is the funding coming from? Well, um, I'm raising most of it right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> but but this is also part of the city's infrastructure plan. Um, uh, Milton Dahoney put us into that that package uh, for a, a for a whopping 110 million dollars. That's a lot of money for two and three quarters miles. But understand that it will have three, three, maybe four bridges over highly traveled roads. Um, property acquisition is going to be a big uh, part of the expense there. Um, most of the land will be by easement, but because we don't need to own it and the city doesn't need to own it. But um, so acquiring rights to property is important and then there are environmental cleanups that need to happen in in a variety of places so um we had a, the original estimate was about half that but as time goes on and as we learn more about what's really going on um, in these sites uh the price tag has gone up so both the city and the conservancy are working uh in washington dc in lansing to uh to take advantage of this unprecedented and probably not repeatable in our lifetimes opportunity for infrastructure funding, a great deal of which by uh, comparative standards is set aside for non-motorized transit, recreational trails, um, and, and through a variety of sources, rail safety, uh, mitigation projects. There are all kinds of ways that we opportunities that we're looking at um, for funding that that's going to come straight from Washington that will go through Lansing that's already in Lansing uh, for making the trail a reality. Yeah. Good. Thank you. John, you yeah. Hand up? Oh, yeah, John. Uh, yes. Uh, I might add, Nan, if if this is a city um, infrastructure project that part of our um, our charge is to advise the city on all of its uh, construction projects in an effort to identify and um, and suggest uh, public art. Mm -hmm. So now, uh, you know, the, whether it's a federal project and whether it is a state and however, but if it is a part of what the city identifies as a CIP, mm -hmm. And yes. if it is that, then um, we 
we have an important role to play in all CIP projects. So, so we're partners. Great. Or so if if that's that perfect. if that if that's the case, uh, we can help uh, suggest, identify, and you know work with you in terms of uh, in terms of that. So 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 we do have, uh, and it's it's literally required by ordinance that mm -hmm. they review these CIPs with us. So it's a part of a process. We have a committee that's experienced and, and all that sort of thing. So that's a way in which we um, can help. And I, you know, Allison's on that committee. She might be able to add more to it. I think you covered it. Um, I'm not 100% sure it's on, is it currently in the CIP, Benita? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, for some reason, it makes me because it sounds like it's federal. No, I, or, think, I think, Benita, we're not in the CIP yet because we're not anywhere close to construction. Oh. And, the, and the tree line master plan did not include an implementation plan. So um, <clears throat> there's, there's still work to be done on the before most of this is shovel ready. And, and to be frank, the one of the reasons these demonstration projects are so important is that this is hard to imagine. And, uh, and it's, it's, and it's been going on for a long time. I mean, Joe O'Neill stood at the corner of First and William and with a group of neighbors who were protesting the construction of a parking structure there and looked up and down the valley and thought, mm, this could be something useful and beautiful. And so citizens have been involved uh, with it ever since, but it's a very slow, right. slow project. I, I describe it as the, describe us as the world's oldest startup. <laughs> um, we're still just getting started. Joe just turned 90. <laughs> wow. Well, Nan, when it hits the CIP, uh, we will definitely recommend it as one of the projects that um, would have a percent for public art um, through the, that project. Um, I, I had a question. You said that it'll become a city asset. Is that true about the artwork along the path as well? And um, you talked about raising funds to maintain it. Would you also be raising funds to maintain the art as well? I would think so. And and um, I've been involved in a couple of public sculpture projects um, where um, both both on the good side and the disaster side, um, maintenance funding has been has been an issue. And I, I in fact, I just I heard very sadly that a, a a very minimal, a large minimal sculpture on the grounds of the Arkansas Art Center where I used to work, where we fought hard to keep the lawnmowers from bumping into it, ended up in a dumpster. Um, ended up hauled away by a crane and in a dumpster without anyone saying anything about it. So I'm very passionate about this. If you're going to put it there, you are going to take care of it. Um, and and um, how long can be something, you know, an art museum takes care of things forever, theoretically. Public art is a different, is a different creature, but its its timeline can be agreed upon in advance by the citizens who and the uh, and the lawmakers who care about it. 
Sarah, you had your hand up. Um, yes, I was going to just say that some of the projects we've seen on the CIP list, particularly this year, had dates that were way out in the future. And I wonder if, and and actually we saw a project that was on um, just kind of a, a planning and a research sort of stage. Um, mm -hmm. So there wasn't actually any anything else to the project than just kind of the initial research okay. and we still want to recommend that for art so the earlier we can get in on that recommendation the better yeah. so if there's a way to kind of you know move that facilitate that process to get on the CIP list sooner rather than later I think that just keeps you on the radar and we'll keep art as part of that um in a you know more obvious way so yeah, that was all. good. Good. I just wanted to say, Nan, thanks for coming. This sounds like a fabulous project and come back and let us know with your progress, even if it's little steps, just come back. We'd love oh, to hear from you. Thanks. Thanks. I, I, I will, I will really, uh, I will really enjoy doing that. Good. Um, so you've got some paperwork somewhere online and that's where I should go first for this, this small scale temporary project. Yeah, and I don't know, um, Vanina, if you can just share that um, presentation that I mentioned earlier and then our suggested like public art engagement stuff. I sure can. Yeah, yep, that's no great. problem. Thanks, sure. Vanita. Vanita has been man. awesome today, by the way. <laughs> Any final yeah. comments? I saw Sophie raise your hand. Mm. Sophie, did you have one last thing to say? Um, yes, well, well, two quick things. One is, um, I'm just wondering whether you had in mind something similar to the, the the New York City High Line or something completely different or which doesn't actually have very much art on it. It has some beautiful plantings and landscapes, mm -hmm. but not much art. And the other question was, how would we contact you if we wanted to? Well, thanks for both those questions. I think the tri tree tree line is is deliberately echoing the High Line in this new name for many, many years, it was called the Allen Creek Greenway. Mm -hmm. And then in 2017 with the master plan, it was kind of rebranded as, as the tree line, tree town, mm -hmm. you know, and some people have thought, oh, this is a tree planting project. Well, not entirely, although we will be planting stuff and, and that will be uh, important. We wanna make our contribution to uh, building up the the canopy in a in a sustainable way um the the high line in new york i haven't actually been there yet this darn pandemic but um i i think that that one of the thing but a lot of my board made field trips and i think i think what we really want to emulate is the 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 sense that this is a very special place there's no place like it in this city but it's really of this city and it just like the high line has become kind of indispensable as a destination we imagine the tree line as something we can't people won't imagine how they did without it what what ann arbor was like without it Kind of like a new child in the family, you know. So I think that 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 amazement factor 
that accompanies the, the experience of the High Line is something that maybe not 415 West Washington, but but other parts of the tree line will will inspire. Well, thank you very much, Nan. It's been very inspiring and I, I very much look forward to having you back at a later date. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you all. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye, Nan. Thank you. Um, all right. I think that does our public comment. Next, we have approval of minutes. Do I have a motion to approve the minutes? Thank you, John. Do I have a second? Thank you, Sarah. Um, all in favor? Any opposed? Any discussion of the minutes? All right, those are approved then. Um, next we have old business and it starts with the city flag design. Benita, do you wanna take that away? Um, it, these two items are just reminders that we're still moving them forward. Um, I have a resolution that is set to go to the mayor for, um, I think this last meeting, are we in April, March? Uh, last meeting for March. Um, and then the other uh, item is the Dingle Bridge Memorial. Um, we've got engineering team looking at the site and trying to determine the best location for a um, dedication memorial. Um, located on the, uh, the, the the bridge there, the stadium bridge. And we're looking at possibly having one at both ends of the bridge over and, 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 and maybe under, but um, I think thus far we're thinking of just having a memorial on the base of the, the top of the bridge. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I just wanted to make sure you guys, we, we kept these two items. We're, we're still moving them forward, um, looking at some different ways of doing things too, so. Great. Anybody have any questions on those two items for Vanita? Thank you, Vanita. You're um, welcome. New business, we start with the 2023 APAC annual plans and goals. Um, I hope everyone had a chance to take a look at that document. Basically summarized our retreat and our discussion, what each working group will be working on, who's assigned to those working groups. So if there's any feedback or changes on that document. John? I think it's extremely well done, readable, concise, um, and uh, I can't imagine any changes that would make it better myself. I, I really liked it um, that this is, um, oh, I see, David is continuing to be, even though he is not, uh, which is really smart, you know, he's got a lot of history, uh, but um well done thank you i have to thank sarah and jamal and mary for meeting me at grizzly and having discussions about this and getting me pumped up for working on it so 
that was a great leadership meeting. And it was the first time I actually met Sarah and Jamal in person, if you can believe it. Oh um, my God. Isn't that astonishing? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's how long we've been not doing no this. No way. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yep. Yep. Wow. So we got some hugs and had an in person meeting. It was pretty phenomenal. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie? Um, sorry, um, are we talking about the um, plans and goals, 23 plans and goals? Are we talking about something else? Yeah. Yep, it was attached with the agenda. So there was a couple of things I was I was thinking of doing minor changes. Um, okay. People agree or want to discuss it. And under the special projects work group, these are kind of things we've discussed but didn't come to any final, final uh, suggestion for before. But... Um, there's uh, A, B, C, D, and B is expand the public art tour to include non-city public artworks, including a link to University of Michigan, which apparently we're not allowed to do any of that. So we probably shouldn't have it as a goal. But I, I, was... thought, I thought you just couldn't have their collection on our site. I didn't know that we couldn't link to it, link to their website. Is well, that true? Linking to anything outside seems to be a big issue. Sarah was going to say something else about that as well. I thought that we had, it had been an issue in the past, but we had kind of gone around in a circle where the link was okay, but um, we couldn't add that to our tour. Okay. And I hope I'm remembering that correctly. That's what was in my notes. Okay, yeah. I, I think uh, you're right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, uh, the, the University of Michigan, but we can't kind of just point to anything. It seems like if we find other things, I don't know, maybe we can. Um, yeah, well, the only thing that we want to do with that and be careful with is, um, I, I think Sarah is right. I think communication was amenable to having some of those um, connections attached to the, our public art page. Um, we just don't want to have too many. We don't want to be responsible if folks are on our page and they link over to something else and or people to get the idea that um, we're just sharing information. So, um, and I think we had asked for a couple other things too, Sarah. So. I can certainly thrill her back with um, communications. I I know they're doing some different things within our communications department, so now might still be a really good time to plug them for things like that. That would be really helpful. And I think the link would be ideal because then yeah. we don't have to do any upkeep. Right. Because the university is going to keep that updated, and then we just have that. Yep. That Sophie, if you had something else you were thinking about, you know, let, let I can check into that too. Yes, yeah, so I mean, maybe there can be a little area where we have external links, or I don't know what something, um, because there are other links we were thinking of hoping to have, but uh, I guess one step at a time, perhaps. Um, okay. Anyway, so so it sounds like that might be possible. Um, then the other thing I was thinking we might add in would be encourage or perhaps continue to encourage artists to make proposals to the Public Art Commission and seek ways to support such proposals, which is something we do already do in general and have just done. But uh, and if we're going to have some funding, then it would probably have to be a little bit more structured um, in some way. So 
Uh, I wondered whether we should have that as an additional item on there. I think it's under the fundraising group, but one of the groups is working on identifying grant language for a funding, a small amount of funding through our endowment for uh, arts projects. And so once we put together the structure of how that money would be allocated, then we would go through the process of promoting the fact that it exists and that artists and arts organizations should um, participate. So I think that is actually already in there and just in a, under a different working group. Okay, and the, the DARPA funding, what happens with that? Or is that the same thing? The ARPA funding, uh, we'll actually talk about a little bit later, I think. Um, you got uh, information about that included with your email with the agenda. The Creative Washtenaw will be administering or overseeing that granted granting dollars. Yeah, so I mean, what I'm thinking about is, I guess this is slightly veering into communications again, is making sure that people realize that that is going to be a possibility, which up till now, obviously it hasn't been that they might be able to get funding for various things. And I think that's a very important change that we want to make sure people know, artists of all kinds know that that's a possibility. Yes, I totally agree. And as, as certainly as we um, actually have that defined, once we have it defined and it is an opportunity, we definitely want to promote that. Yep. And that'll shift over to from that fundraising group to the communications group to kind of put the word out about that, I think. Okay, that's great. So moving on from that to the outreach work group, mm -hmm. uh, I was thinking maybe adding in um, forged relationships with art-related uh, uh, entities, I guess, um, especially with ex exhibition or performance space to explore joint arts projects. Does that make any sense? Is it, is it required? Is it additional at all? Because we were, we were, you know, thinking of partnering with, say, the library to try and get exhibitions up there, for example. But I'm sure there are many things. But I don't know whether it needs to be put set as a goal or whether it's just something we hope to to do in the background. Or if anybody had thoughts about that, about forging relationships with our related entities, whether it's galleries or potential gallery spaces or performance spaces or anything else. Sarah? I think, well, because I remember, you know, kind of discussing the language around like point C, where it's like continue to support and collaborate with local artists. Um, and what I guess we could potentially add to that would be like organizations or spaces or things like that. Cause I think that that sentence is kind of saying that, but it's it's saying artists as a like as opposed to artists and organizations or spaces. And maybe that's a way where we could just kind of add that language into that sentence and that might um, set that intention. I could definitely make that change. John? Um, I just have one comment, if we could go back to the special projects work group. Um, I know what the public art tour is. It's, it's, 
it's actually the tour on the, on our on our website. I, I consider that kind of a virtual public art tour. Whenever I see public art tour, I at one time the art commission was trying to get uh, you know in person tours of public art, which we did uh, of school kids. Uh, so I'm wondering if um, if we you just inserted the word expand the virtual public art tour. Um, it, it would, but maybe that's just me. So if no one else, if everyone sees that as a website, fine. We did, yeah, we did talk about that before and I think it got pandemicked, but I don't see why it shouldn't be unpandemicked. Is that a word? Yeah, well, no, what I'm talking about is, is clearly identifying as what we have for B is not a physical in-person walking tour. It's a virtual tour. That's what, yeah. that's what B is. I'm not suggesting we add any more. I'm just saying that sentence, you know, to me, every time I read it, I think, are we doing, you know, and then I realize, no, it's a website, you know. So if <laughs> I'm thinking that, I'm sure council people might also, but that's, you know, that's just my feedback. If it doesn't bother anyone else, leave it the way it is. So I could just say expand the online public art tour. Yeah, whatever. And but we we we'd still want at some point, I would hope, to have real actual physical art tours as well. Right. But let's get through this. Let's get Allison. She's late a little bit, but I think everyone else is late. So we need to wrap this one up. Um, but I can definitely clarify that language and make sure that that's spe specific to our online tour at this time. Yeah. Great. Any other things for consideration around that report? All right, so the next thing this report will go to City Council. We just need to vote on it. So can I have a motion to approve the agenda so with moved. those changes? John, and I saw Sarah as a second. All in favor? Anyone opposed? Okay, great. Um, I'll make those changes and send it over to you, Vanita. Thank you, Allison. Uh, yeah. Next thing on our new business is the art flow process. I don't know if you guys were able to take a look at that, but Vanita has um, invested some of her own time to come up with this great tool, and I'll let her explain it to us. Oh. Well, listen, I'm still working on this. It's still a work in progress. And I actually have some wonderful staff um, in our community engagement um, involved in making sure that we're hitting the right places and spaces when sharing this out. Um, so my thought of this is having this attached to the Public Art Commission page when it's ready giving folks a guideline and allowing them to see if, if I come in with this, where do I go, where do I start and how do I move and who do I contact? Um, so it may still need a little bit of work, um, but I figured it's a wonderful place to start. Um, if you've had a chance to look at it uh, and you have some feedback, um, look at it from the perspective. If you're not, a, if you are an art person, great but look at it a different way and take some time to actually walk through it 
make your notes and share them back out with me. Um, I, my ideal is for it to be as cohesive as possible, but um, again, I'm still working on it. I, I still really think that it's important for us to have an open process for everybody to see. We get a lot of folks who call and ask the same question, um, and then they come and present and want to still, and our, our process isn't really straightforward, so it kind of branches off in a lot of different directions, and we want to make sure that they understand that there's just not a single path. We could go a lot of different ways when they come to the commission with um, projects and things like that. Um, so if you hadn't had a chance to look at it, do you want me to look at, want to look at it real quick, or have you all had a chance to look at it? Dan? Let me just make some just general overall um, comments about, about both of those. First of all, it's absolutely terrific that you're doing this. This is exactly what we need to do, some kind of visual description of what it is we do and who we are and that. And it, it really drills into the two things that really appear to be um, um, the, the big items. Um, uh, let me just uh, offer some, some history to both of these processes. And, and um, the first one, the programmed art, um, this is primarily the CIP, as I understand it, and um, that the, the important element of that CIP, and it's difficult uh, for council and staff, uh, it, it, it primarily has to do to embed art in the design of city projects. So it's... Uh, and as a result, when you, when you get to art selected and then artists procured, that might need to be flipped. But the, 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 the point that I just wanted to make historically, what this was, was an iteration of um, a percent for art. And the idea was is to uh, identify the potential for art way ahead before it's designed and actually embed creative design within the artwork. Um, and um, the, the second one is the suggestions and the art donations. Um, uh, that I'm very familiar with this because um, uh, I, in, in some uh, other lifetime, uh, suggested we could um, uh, actually get a senior artist to donate their artwork. And, and so the, the ordinance started to, to take shape around that idea that, um, and we, we tried, um, and it really needed to be, it could be, still be done, but, um, and what happened was, is that people wanted to donate artwork. The, the thought was, is that you get wealthy people that want to actually go out and pay underwrite, buy a work of art, and give it to the city, and the city would find a place and put it up. Uh, or <clears throat> artists themselves would uh, are nearing retirement, and they're stuck with all this artwork in their backyard. They want to get rid of it, <clears throat> and they'd rather have it in some place that's uh, visible, like Ann Arbor, and so they donate it. 
um, that I, I was able to get three pieces donated by an artist, <clears throat> excuse me, through the U of M, the public library, and to the city. Um, that, that was kind of the, the idea of it. Um, the problem was, is oftentimes people that had a lot of money that wanted to buy the artwork, they said, no, the only place this is going to be is in this street corner. And that just wasn't possible. Same way with the artist. Well, I'll give you this piece of art. It's worth, you know, $300,000, but this is where I want it. So, so there's, there's a challenge to that. But there's still potential for it. Um, that, um, that it also along the same lines as people started suggesting ideas and the ideas, uh, you know, were, um, some were real good, but some were really wild ideas. You know, I know what, why don't you paint the bridge, a Broadway bridge, paint it pink, you know, just for the day, like, okay. So, um, so it was that we put online forms for donations and suggestions. I really think that, um, I would just keep it as donations that if you have a piece of artwork or you, and, and it, and I think the, the location, um, you know, I would remove if not specified, but it, I can get into these ideas with, with, with Vanita offer suggestions. Uh, but I wanted to, I wanted to give a little bit of the history of both of that. The first one started out as percent for art embedding design within the art. Uh, design, creative design, and the other one was really just for donated artwork. Um, and then I'll I'll go into the weeds with Vanita and make some suggestions. But I think it's great. It's something we've always need to have, and it visually describes what we do. Mm -hmm. Good, great, Thank Vanita. You. Well yeah, done. Our our leadership groups meeting on Friday again, and it's on our agenda to review and scribble on. So we'll have some feedback for you too, Vanita. Okay, good. Yeah, and I wanna thank um, on uh, staff uh, support here with um, Heather Seafart. She's our engagement um, person here. No longer our engagement here within um, systems planning. She's now moved over to the Ann Arbor Housing Commission as the city planner for the Housing Commission. Um, so while she's still within our bubble and still willing to help out and support, um, I have been grateful for her to help me uh, guide myself the right way to get this as best as I could. So I'm, I'm grateful for all the feedback and can certainly let you all have at it and just let me know what you think. Great. Really so appreciate you. I'm so glad that you're doing this. It's wonderful. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. We're get we're we're getting there. We we just yeah. We're gonna do this. So I think the plan ultimately is to put this on our website and then you know share as whenever the opportunity comes up that people want more information like that. Yeah. All right. Um, next is report from staff. The ARPA resolution, Anita. Yes. Uh, that was today's date. The eighth. Yes. It, it went, it went um, on the 6th and it was approved. Um, no additional changes to the contract language. We are using Creative Washtenaw um, and they're, they're being, um, they're for their work and advocacy to do this, that we're paying them $40,000 
and it will be in, in, uh, four increments as they move through the process. Um, and share out this money with all these wonderful folks. So it'll be interesting. We'll be getting, yeah, we'll be getting updates from them on who's been um, receiving and things like that. And so real good kudos. I mean, this is really wonderful thing that we're able to do for folks here. So I'm excited and we should pat ourselves on the back for, yeah, I love it. Anita, I had a follow-up question. Um, you had shared with me the four installments and what they have to do to get each of those installments, which seems really well thought out and yeah. well organized. Are there um, timelines for when they should be achieving each of those to keep us within the ARPA restrictions? Um, I'd have to look and see. Um, it didn't have it within the bullet, the four bullet points that they, they didn't give a timeline within those four bullets. I can look back through the contract a little bit more to see if there's actually, a, you want an actual date maybe I, sort of only for our purposes of keeping in touch with the process and how it's going. I, I, it would be great at, those are pretty um, significant junctures within the project that it would right. be great if, if not you or Deb or someone came and presented and, you know, gave us overviews at each of those, it might make sense. Okay. Any um, questions from folks on that item? All right, next on our agenda is the report from committees. Um, start with the business owners and developers work group. John, do you have a report for us? Well, I will hold to next meeting. We, we, we had a, a meeting of uh, the design review board at three o'clock this afternoon. And it uh, regards a, uh, a hotel right across from uh, city hall on the corner of Fifth and, and Main. Um, and um, they're interested in, in murals uh, or art, public art, uh, which is, uh, so I, I suggested that they do that in ways in which they could do that and ways in which we could help. And I suggested also um, a rotating art gallery within the hotel if they could find the space for it, even though how small it could be, it wouldn't need to be that way, but it would it would draw in a creative community. They seem to be very interested, excited about that. I suggested various techniques, um, um, high pressure laminate, which is a, it's a way to, to create a, a panel, a graphic panel, large scale without actually painting a wall. Uh, so, um, uh, they were uh, suggested solar and and green roofs uh, as a creative way of of dealing with problems for rainwater reclamation and stuff like that. Uh, I will detail all this. I will give uh, show you the the diagrams of the hotel, and you can. But so in any event, uh, in a nutshell, that's what happened. It'll be more professional next month. Oh, thank you, John. Um, I I wonder if. Do you know, are you familiar with the graduates res, artist residency program? So the graduate has an artist in residency program. I only know of it because Yan Zaro participated in it. Um, and I think it's all the graduates across however, wherever they are, they do this the residency graduate program. graduate hotels or? Mm -hmm. The graduate, you know, the one down on uh, Huron? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they have an artist in residency program where they let an artist have a room and they do art and then that that awesome. work 
travels. Um, so it's just a pretty cool program. And I, I would love to have more hotels do that. We've talked about it as a group, like wanting to have artists and residents. So maybe another idea you can float their way. There, there is going to be a project um, and it's, uh, it's going to be uh, on the parking lot uh, on Catherine and Fourth uh, uh, by Carytown. And um, it's um, uh, going to be four artists and they're, they're going to be um, given preference and it's going to be run by public housing. So, um, and they're going to have a gallery space below. It's, it's not a hotel with a room. Yeah, that's more of like affordable housing for um, artists. Um, we yeah. talked about that at the last meeting, I think. Exactly. And, yeah, that's a great project. But I, I think the artists in residency, I, I see as more of a way to attract um, artists from abroad to come to the area for a short time, which I know happens all the time through the university, but not necessarily like that the city gets to enjoy it. I um, think it's a great idea. So uh, what, you know, I would love to do is if we can pull together some kind of a document, just a one page, this is what it entails. These are the benefits. This is where it's being done already, and something that I could give out to um, uh, to uh, uh, developers if they want, and mm -hmm. you know it could be included um, in some way. Uh, but so you know, think about it. Is is Dennis Dahlman still involved in the in the Graduate Hotel? At one time, he owned it. I don't think so, but I can. Um, I don't think he is either. If this no doesn't sound like Dennis Dolman. <laughs> that I, it's a chain now. Um, I can look on their website. I know they have a page on their website about it, and I'll share it with you. Excellent. If you would just share it with me, I'd be glad to sort of promote it whenever something like this comes up. Mm -hmm. These folks are coming back, by the way. So oh great. So I can I can I can share it with them at that time as well. Benita, your hands up. Yes, I'm sorry. Um, I have to send. Uh, this is. I apologize for this, Adam. Adam is here actually to um, talk about. I apologize, Adam, and thanks for being so patient. <laughs> um, you're talking about the West Park band shell, and you and you want to give an update and share some information with the commission. Yeah, oh, great. If, if I could just have a few minutes and kind of run through that. Yep. Appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, sorry about that. Oh, no, that's okay. Um, let me share my screen. Um, let me know. Got it. Can you see it? Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so uh, I just want to talk today. I know the West Park Bandshell was flagged as something that you guys had interest in because we just put it in the CIP. Um, so I just kind of run through where we're at. We're still a long way out from, from actually doing anything, um, but we will be starting community engagement on kind of looking at the future of the band shell starting this spring. Um, so as you can see it right now, it's, it's fenced off, it's in sad shape, um, and it's something we, we need to start taking care of here. So I wanted to give a quick, quick rundown on how we got to where we are. Uh, in spring of 2021, um, we had reports coming in of damage to the stucco surface um, around the bandshell 
um, more predominantly focused on the foundation part of it. We hired Hubble, Roth, and Clark um, HRC to do a structural investigation on the bandshell. Um, they have a architectural forensic department, they're called. Um, and so we had them come out to take a look. They immediately had us fence off the bandshell for safety concerns to keep people out while the investigation happened. Um, at the fall of 2021, we received a structural report identifying that there were very significant structural failures in the foundation. Um, that report offered two solutions. One was to rebuild the foundation where it is now, um, and another to move it to another place in West Park. Uh, both of those options were north of $2 million, um, so a pretty hefty um, chunk of change that we needed to start realizing what the impacts of that would be. So spring and summer of 2022, um, we were working with uh, the MDNR, the Natural Resources Department, and the U.S. Forest Service because we've received grants in the past and those have obligations um, tied to them. Um, so we've been coordinating with them throughout. Um, and then we began late last year conversations with consultants to start developing a community engagement and outreach program. Um, and then our plan is in the next month or two to start up those engagement efforts that will go through the spring and summer of this year. So we've hired Smith Group as our um, primary uh, contract holder for the job. They're going to help lead um, our engagement effort, help produce conceptual designs, help um, publish materials that we can reach out to the community with. Um, so they'll be the prime consultant. And then we have HRC um, under contract as well to help answer technical questions um, and help kind of uh, provide some cost estimates moving forward with different elements we might be considering. So the first part of what we are putting together is we're creating an internal work group. We've actually just finalized that. It's made up of park and city staff, as well as a couple members from the Park Advisory Commission. Um, we're gonna meet throughout the process um, as kind of the central um, group, making sure that we're staying on task and in, in answering and asking the right questions. Um, and it's going to be an important part just to provide value, valuable feedback to the consultant team. Um, and, and like I said, we're going to provide consistency throughout the process. So what is in our engagement um, strategy? The first thing we want to do is just listen and learn to the community. Um, we want to ask questions. What is important to you regarding the Bangel? What are your current challenges that you see with it? And what would you like to see happen? We want. We realize there are many different levels of groups um, that are interested in this project, and so what we're planning on doing is meeting with all of the adjacent neighbors, um, those that live in uh, Miller Avenue, those that live on Huron and Chapin, those that live on Seventh Avenue, and those will be in person, um, listening and hearing and getting that feedback of how that will directly impact them or any movements we do at West Park. We also know that the bandshell, while not technically a historic structure, is a historic element to the city. There are a lot of park users, community members that have strong feelings on it. And so we want to be able to provide um, an opportunity and an avenue to hear feedback from them. And then there are also stakeholders. There's many groups that regularly use the bandshell, both in the past and in the future. 
um, they have plans to. So we'd like to regulate, we'd like to meet with them to kind of see what the needs are. Um, this structure was built in 1935 and its function doesn't necessarily meet what the needs are today. So if we do want to spend money and put into this project, we want to make sure it's something that's usable um, to the groups that are going to be using it. We're also going to have Smith Group do a site analysis um, to review important site characteristics um, of West Park to identify our opportunities and constraints. They'll be looking at physical features such as topography, soils, trees, wetlands, drainage, um, an important factor of circulation. So what's the vehicular circulation, pedestrian, and accessibility? We're in the middle of an actual transition plan, an ADA transition plan in the parks right now. And when we're going to be spending a lot of money or resources with the band shell, we want to make sure it's accessible to everyone that's using it in the community. Um, and then programming, they want to look at what, how is West Park being used now? What are future needs? Um, what are some things that the community would like to see happen? Um, conceptual plan. So based on the findings from the first community engagement and the on-site site analysis, uh, Smith Group and HRC are going to be developing some conceptual plans, um, some different things that could happen based on what the hearing of the community was. Um, we're going to be re reviewing those, discussing those internally, and then cost estimates are going to be supplied to provide guardrails and make sure that this is a feasible outcome. Um, I mentioned in 2021, the cost estimate was around $2 million, um, which has a really large impact, especially when we're talking about, you know, a lot of the other capital improvements that our park system has. And so how is this going to fit into that? All right, so then after um, we have those conceptual designs kind of um, put together. We're going to go back for a second round of community engagement, focusing on these plans. We want to share them and hear feedback about what is liked, what is disliked, um, and then see if there's any other comments or feedback or ideas that people have. We want to meet with those same group of people, the adjacent neighbors, the park users, the community, um, and then stakeholders. And we're really hoping for our park users community engagement will actually be on site. Um, so people can kind of engage with the site a little bit, see what's out there, um, and it's to provide an opportunity for kind of good one-on-one -on -one discussions. So we're planning on maybe being out there for a whole day, maybe it's two, we're still trying to figure out what that is. So then the outcome of all of this is to develop a fin uh, final conceptual plan um, based on all of the feedback we received. Um, and that's going to be kind of reviewed, discussed with the working group before being finalized. And we'll have a final report um, that outlines the engagement process, the findings throughout um, our final conceptual plan and cost estimates. And where we see this is it's going to be a useful tool knowing the direction that we're going to be going with this project. Um, it's going to be high level, um, very conceptual, um, and we know the Art Commission really wants to be involved in it and we want to supply public art. This is the step where we feel that it's going to be the most helpful because it's going to be conceptual and we can start actually designing and putting things in physical space. Um, what this engagement strategy really focused on now is just kind of determining the direction. Um, I know there's a lot of people that want to see it kind of put back into place and there's a lot of people that want to see it 
maybe taken down or moved. Um, so this is kind of this engagement is really focused on what does the future hold for the band shell. Um, so with that, I would be happy to take any questions you might have. Um, let me stop sharing here. So thanks for listening and yeah, happy to take any questions or comments you might have. Can I go? I just I just want to say, Adam, thanks for this report. I grew up in that neighborhood. I went to that band shell and listened to concerts as a kid and took my children. And so I'm so glad that it's back on the drawing board and it's going to hopefully be used again, that space anyway, or something similar. Yeah. It's a Great. cool space. It is. It's kind of, it's a unique space for the city. And I mean, there's a lot of people who have a lot of memories involved with it. And um, it's really, it's kind of, like I said, not a historic structure, but it's historic in the sense that a lot of people have a lot of care for it. And it's so fit with Ann Arbor that people would just bring their chairs, their blankets, put them on the hill, you know? Yeah, it was cool. How long has it not been used? I don't live in, I still live on Arbor View. I don't live there anymore. Has it been like 30 yeah. years maybe, or not that long? So um, there has not been large concerts there. Um, I think it's been 20 plus years since okay. that has happened. Um, there's been um, I think like Shakespeare in the Park has used it. There's Penny Stamps that has some talks there. Um, the Civic Band, so they still use it up until we closed it. Um, I know the Civic Band, they were actually scheduled to go on like a month after we had closed it. So we kind of scrambled to find a new spot. And I think they actually started presenting or playing in front of, there's like the um, kind of the hardscape area in front of the stage. And that's kind of where they set up and then folks could still use the seating into the, the hills over there. Cool, because there really isn't another band shell like that, is there in a park? No, yeah. this is this is pretty much it. Um, it's kind of interesting to see it being built. There's a lot of old photos from the 30s when it was being built and seeing all the cars drive in there and like seeing all the people up on the hill. I mean, it was placed kind of poorly. It's at the, the low point of the park. So you have the kind of the creek that ran by it. Yeah. Um, but you see why they did, because they have that large hill that they could have people sit into. So it made sense from a functionality standpoint, but not an architectural standpoint. Right. Huh. Well, thank you. I'll be yeah. I'll be watching for the updates. Cool. Thank you. Adam, who is on that working group? Is it all city staff or is it um, people from other commissions? Yeah. So um, there is, uh, I think there are, there's myself, um, our park manager, Josh Landefeld customer service. We have Jessica Black. She's the one that deals a lot with the stakeholders. Um, we have our deputy park manager. We have a member She um, from the housing commission. She runs the facility, the Miller Manor that's over there. Um, we have a couple different um, PAC commissioners that are involved in it. And then we have um, someone from Stormwater. We have um, Jill Thatcher from Historic preservation for planning so she's involved so it's mostly city staff park staff and then some community members and commissioners um i'm about to volunteer you jamal but i i, I feel like there's an opportunity to have um, an arts representative on that working group if, if you're open to it and someone who has their hands in all the performing arts locally yeah. um our vice chair is that that person and if he's yeah. open to it I think it would be a great opportunity for us to kind of support the project yeah I don't see a problem I, I think we'd be happy to have you if, if you would like to be involved in it um that would be great yep count me in okay. 
Thank you, Jamal. I was actually having discussions with Jessica about some other like outdoor live stuff. Um, so yeah, for sure. Okay, that okay. sounds good. I will add you to the list. Um, hey, Adam, who who do we have on as the storm um, person, storm water? Um, we have Jerry Hancock involved. Okay, great. Okay, good. Thank you. I know where Jerry is. He's right downstairs, so I can get all kinds of information from him. <laughs> yep, he will be in the know. Thank you. I have a quick question. Um, do the the plans are, are just for um, the reconstruction of the, the shell itself? Anything happening on the grounds? Yeah, so the plan um, might actually involve, I think, some of the things we were talking is we could rebuild the band shell in place. And what that would involve is actually picking the whole structure up and driving piles, which go 20, 30 feet down into the ground to support it. Um, we're looking at maybe moving it elsewhere in the park and then redeveloping the grounds that are around there because we have, I mean, I think the creek was kind of daylighted through there back in the early 2000s. Um, and then some other things I think that are on the table is if we remove the structure completely, what else would the community wanna see put in that space? Um, so we're kind of really leaving the door open. I think when you have a, a price coming in of $2 million to keep it or move it, um, we have to have real discussions with the value of it, especially when we're looking at a parks budget. And we have 163 other parks and a lot of aging infrastructure. So I think everything's on the table. So if we if we do anything, it is going to impact the site. Um, even if we keep it in place, it is not accessible right now. So if you were to have a concert or we were to hold an event there, it's just it's challenge for people to get to. There's absolutely no parking. It's in the middle of a park. Um, it's it's not a great location for large events. So that would be something that we'll have to look at. Thank you. Well, thank you, Adam. We're all excited to see where it goes. Um, I think, obviously, um, we've been talking a lot about performing arts and how they are pivotal to our overall public art plan. Mm -hmm. And so a space where that can happen is important to us, um, whether it's there or otherwise. So um, excited yeah. to be a part of that project and hear more about it. Obviously, it's a huge undertaking. So uh, we appreciate all the work you guys are doing on it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Right. Thank you, everyone. Thank Thanks. you, Adam. Thanks for being so patient. Not a problem. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Um, any other discussion for the business owners and developers working group folks, questions about the hotel project that John mentioned? Go ahead, Sarah. I had a quick question about if they're even thinking about incorporating like local art potentially or something like that into the rooms themselves and not just like lobby spaces and outdoor spaces because I think any like hotel room art has room to improve. Um, and that would be kind of cool um, to see something local. I know that the University of Michigan's business school hotel actually has like Motawi tiles in every bathroom. Um, so something like that would be kind of fun um, to just, you know, spruce it up a little bit, make it fun and make it local. 
I think it's a great idea. Uh, let me suggest that rather than we do it piecemeal, we actually create this idea and, and promote it. Just saying that, you know, we really think, so the, the issue is, is what role should we play is just have this idea. We got a neat idea, you know, it's open for anybody or are we going to facilitate or how? So maybe if you could give some thought to it, I, th I think we would be more successful rather than if I just, the developer comes to the design review board before they have done anything with the room. So this is, this is way before they get to the, um, uh, the, the planning and all of this, before they get anything, they, it's just sketchy. So it's really about um, sizing of the building, about things like that. What's, you know, what's the sidewalk look like? What materials? So this would be a little premature. I think that's what they would say. You know, great idea, John, but it's a little premature. So I, I think, however, if, if we could put together the idea that you just described, which is brilliant, um, and it would be a way in which we can support local artists, the question is, is what are the, you know, the devils in the details? So why don't you think about it and put together an outline, and I'm more than happy to work with you on it. Sounds great. Thank you, John. All right, our next uh, working group is a capital improvement project working group, um, which is Sarah, Mary, um, myself, and David, um, who still sits on that working group. We have been meeting with um, our city rep, Kayla, is that her name? I'm going to blank right now. Yeah, uh, Kayla. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and going over all the CIP projects with her and Vanita and getting insights on what they are. And um, we've got quite a list going of additional projects we're going to recommend um, be added. Um, they go out years and years and years, and we're putting together allocation amounts for each of those projects. And we'll have something for you guys, um, if not between our next meeting, but at our, at our next meeting to go to city council. And let's see, communications work group is next. That is myself and Sarah and Marianetta. Uh, we haven't met, but I do have an update. Um, we were told by city communications now that we can have a Facebook page and we can have uh, Instagram and whatever we want now. So um <laughs> John, if you want to rename that awesome page you've been maintaining back to the Ann Arbor Public Art Commission, you can, or we can start a new one, however we want to do that. But that's new, exciting news that we can go forth and communicate. We just have to do it now. <laughs> don't, don't do anything yet, John. Let me check with communications and I will share what you have existing to see what we need to change. My sense about it is to create a new one, complete a different brand, okay, fresh and okay. new, and okay. um, and that you know give how you want to handle the permissions and all that sort of thing. That would be my, you know, my suggestion, my you know, my approach. And I could keep posting in this new one, and you know, and so that that would be, I think. 
uh, the way I would recommend. Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, so yeah, we will meet and figure all that out soon. That's, that's great. And particularly Instagram. Yeah, visual platform for sure. Precisely. Um, the next working group is our fundraising working group. That's myself and Sarah and Mary. Um, we have not met, but we will. And that's the group that we're going to talk about the endowment and how we're going to put together from language about how to regrant those dollars. Uh, the nominations leadership review work group, John put together a lovely report last meeting, which, um, or a couple meetings ago, which reported out about the leadership. And I'm sure he will do so at the appropriate time when we get there. Um, leadership and art placement work group. So we, like I said, we met and we worked on that report. We're gonna be meeting again this Friday to review resumes um, for our open position and as well as that um, art flow chart. The next working group is the special projects work group, which I am not on. That is Sophie and Jamal and Sarah and Peggy. Do any of you have anything to report? We have not met, right, you guys? I didn't miss a meeting, so, but we will before our next meeting. Yeah. I know the golden paintbrush is moving along, so. And I have something, if you just give me two minutes, I'm going to get something and show it to you guys as awards for the golden paintbrush. I'm sorry, it's just right over there, and I just want to show it to you because I think it will be exciting if you guys like it. One second. Mm-hmm. Benita, how are we doing with nominations on that? Um, I know you've, you've sent it to us a couple times. I, I nominated a group. <laughs> I, I when Whenever someone goes in, I get an immediate notification. Um, and I sent out something last Friday, last Thursday or last Friday, to some really good local groups who I'm hoping um, Ypsilanti Housing, I mean, Ypsilanti Public Art Commission libraries and, and places like that with the hopes that you know they'll start to put up flyers for folks to be able to know this is happening um so i'm hoping knock on wood to get some more um submissions okay well let us know if if it's not fruitful and we need to do more okay we may need to extend the date maybe yeah go sarah well, if you <laughs> extend the date, maybe we could say this is what we are willing to uh, at Motawi donate as awards um, oh, for man. the for the golden paintbrush. So these are six by six inch tiles. So this is like a foot. Um, it's a big. It's a big, nice piece. It's about Ooh. yeah, like a foot wide. Um, and nice. So nice. Um, yes, and they're Gorgeous. all different colors. They're all different and unique from each other. So we have, um, a, I believe we need five awards um, mm -hmm. and we have five available to donate, so. Perfect, yes. great. Thank you. That's great. Nice, Sarah, thank you. You're welcome, of <laughs> course. 
All right. The next working group is the outreach work group. That's Jamal, Marionetta, Sophie, and Mary. We have not met, but um, I did want to give an update. Um, we've been working on, uh, I think Sophie was mentioning earlier about building bridges with kind of local um, arts uh, organizations. So um, we have talked with uh, the library, Eli Nyberger, uh, director of the library, and he's identified Molly Dickinson as a liaison. Um, so I haven't, uh, other than email, we haven't um, touched base, but she will be a liaison uh, with a with our, our group. And I met this week with Thea Eck, who's the new director at the uh, Ann Arbor Arts Center. She just stepped on board in September. And um, I was telling her about our group and uh, she would like to uh, join us for a public comment, um, maybe at the next meeting or in uh, the near future. I didn't know when the next meeting was scheduled, but uh, and what the process was for her to sign on, get on board for uh, joining us. But she's very excited about having a conversation um, with us uh, to talk about, uh, I guess over the pandemic, they had a whole new facelift and uh, new mission and new visions. So she'd like to meet uh, with us and talk about, introduce herself and talk about uh, new directions for the Ann Arbor Arts Center. So maybe Vanita, Great. you can let me know how to. Yeah, generally, if, if you know of anyone who wants to come talk to us, we usually put them in during the public comment, um, but they can just, uh, you or they can just email Vanita, myself and Jamal um, to just make sure there's room on the agenda, which usually there is. Um, and then we just make time for them. And then if they have a presentation, if they can send it in advance, then we get it as part of our packet. And then Vanita has it for sharing purposes. Okay. So it's pretty informal. I'll, I'll share, I'll share you the upcoming meeting dates. Um, Mariette, I'll send those to you and you can reach back out. Okay, great. Thanks. Yep. Similarly, um, to what Marionetta just reported on, just in a kind of informal way. Um, I recently met with um, staff at the African-American Cultural and History Museum on um, Pontiac Trail, and they were talking about trying to do, it's, it's a, I don't know if you all have been there yet, um, but it's a, it's a smaller space, but they were talking about doing some, some live uh, performance stuff in there. So they reached out to me to just kind of brainstorm what that might look like. So nothing like, uh, not not too far along in those conversations, but um, maybe some possibilities there down the line as well. Good. Thanks, Jamal. Great. Keep up the good work, guys. That is our last working group. So with that, um, the agenda has come to an end. Does anyone have any personal items or professional items they would like to share before we adjourn? I do, because March is Youth Art Month. And I just want to tell everybody that um, Youth Art Month is back. 
for those people not aware of what it is, is the Ann Arbor Public Schools Art Department. Um, the various schools partner with the Main Street merchants to put artwork in the downtown businesses. Often it's a real contrast because the street itself is just dug up and it's a mess and there's barricades everywhere. But then you turn in, you look at the businesses and it's all this bright, creative, fun work. So try to get downtown during March. Where do you get the maps? 